turn to Psalm chapter 23, and I would just invite you all to open up your Bibles if you have one, just encourage you to, to um, have your Bibles with you and open, uh, open them up right now. Psalm, the book of Psalms is right about in the middle of the Bible, so you can open up and go to Psalm chapter 23, perhaps the most famous psalm in all, all of the book of Psalms and all of Scripture, and it reads like this. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This is God's word. Amen. If you are standing, you can be seated now. And would you please join me um, in one more prayer before I um, preach from God's word. Lord, indeed, you are our shepherd. And because of your word, and because of the faith that you've given us in it, we truly lack nothing. Our lot, our destiny in Christ is rest green pastures, still waters. God, by your word, through Christ, you lead us and you restore our soul. And death is just a shadow. And we need not fear any sort of evil because of what you have spoken and done through Christ. God, you're always with us to lead us and to comfort us. You have set our table, anointed us, and given us a full cup. Oh God, thank you, Lord, that your goodness and that your mercy follows us around wherever we go, and that we will live with you in your house forever and ever and ever. So God, this morning, let our ears hear your word, believe it, and follow it. In Jesus' name, amen. So now we turn to, if you will, to unpack and consider Psalm chapter 23 together. For the next few weeks, we're going to actually be looking at this beloved psalm, Psalm chapter 23, as I said, probably the most well-known psalm. Um, For the past few weeks, we've been going through entire psalms in one sitting, but I want to pay more attention to this one, not because it's more important than the others, but I just felt led by God's Spirit to do so. I want to sort of savor it like we would uh, Werther's butterscotch candy rolling around in our mouth. Um, I want to pray that your soul is fed, if you're a believer and follower in Jesus Christ, by hearing this. And I also, if you don't know Jesus, that you would keep coming back to hear his call and his draw for you and his great love for you. Um, What might might not be so apparent from um, Psalm 23 alone is that what David is so thankful to God for, I think, is his word. Jesus, in John chapter 10, is called the Good Shepherd. 
And because of this, we know that in Psalm 23, who the person that's being referred to is God, but specifically the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the good shepherd that leads and feeds his sheep with his word. They hear his voice, according to John chapter 10, and they follow him. When God speaks, friends, through his word, as it's faithfully preached in this context and others, we fall within an earshot of the voice of the shepherd king. He speaks to us. Jesus is the good shepherd, and he, friends, is the word made flesh. He is God's voice to us that leads us, and the word is his magnificent treasure. The Christian's greatest inheritance is that we have received by faith God's promise, his word to us. And isn't it incredible that just in this psalm alone, God's word is called green pasture, still waters, a rod and a staff, a comfort. It's called restorative. It's called an anointing oil, a full table and a cup that overflows. Oh, friend, to hear God's word in faith is all of these things and more. So wherever we hear the word of God, whether it's preached or sung or prayed or read off the pages, there the shepherding care of Jesus is present. Right now in this moment, we are all falling under the shepherding care of the creator of all things. To receive his word necessarily means to receive all the benefits of his word. Everything that which is, provides green pastures, still waters, etc. It's what God's word does to every sheep that trusts it by faith. Oh, to be one of his sheep, to be called by name by our lovely Lord, and to hear his voice. Oh, I hope that you hear it this morning. To receive with gladness his word, to know his voice as sweet to our soul. Oh, that indeed, I think, is the happiest of life that I hope that you know. Might I ask this morning, who is your shepherd? What words do you hear and cling to that direct and oversee your life? I wish you would hear his voice, that you would love his word, that you would join our little flock, not to hear me, not because the people around you are nice, but to hear his word, the shepherd, and to be free of aiming to be your own shepherd, your own voice, following your own will and plan. Oh, friend, there is no real happiness without the shepherd's voice falling on your ears. No rescue can be found anywhere else for the darkness of our souls, and other man shepherds cannot provide only what Jesus can. If you know Jesus this morning, whenever you hear his word, whenever you read it or hear it preached or hear it sung or prayed, you should think of Psalm 23. Whenever you walk into a church, whether it be a real one or a virtual one, and you hear God's word faithfully preached, we should think of Psalm 23. Being under the wonderful care of the shepherd king as he makes his voice known to us. How thankful 
we can be to be placed. We, who are undeserved, deserving sinners, that we should be able to be allowed to hear his gracious call, to be under his voice that is compassionate and merciful, that our ears have been given permission to hear his grace. His word, a treasure, a pearl. Second Corinthians chapter 4. Oh, woe to us when God's word is a burden to hear. Oh, when we've, given, when we've been given so much free access to it and all we really do is yawn, maybe even laugh. It seems that when we have the word in abundance all around us, we don't really want it. But when it's kept from us and we don't have it, we starve for it, we, we crave it, we will eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. Maybe we're a little blessed to be under the tyranny of this virus. Isolated, stuck at home. Oh, how often has Jesus Christ been just across the street and we couldn't even get out of our beds and walk that short distance? We paid no attention. But now, oh, when he seems so far off, when we seem so alone, we'd travel any distance to hear his voice. I hope that this is the product of what God might be doing in your heart. So we start with these words, these simple words in Psalm chapter 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. We're not going to go any farther than just these words alone. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. So can I ask you first, who is your shepherd? You have one. You might not realize it, but you have a shepherd. You have a voice that you listen to, whether it be inside you or from a teacher or a friend. You know, as children, mom and dad are normally our shepherds. It's their voice that we know, that we trust. When we hear those voices, we, we hear it, we follow it, we obey it. But as we grow, we tend to think mom and dad are a little silly and small, so we put them in our pockets and we start to ignore them. And we have new voices, a teacher's voice or a politician's voice or an athlete or an artist, whatever it might be. There's a new voice that we begin to listen to. And we tend to reject old voices. We trade their voice for a friend, a teacher's, or a leader's. So, friend, can I ask you, who have you traded the shepherd king's voice for? Whose voice is your voice? The one that you listen to, go to for comfort, and come to when it calls. Oh, I hope it's the Lord Jesus Christ, because he alone has the words of life. Whose word to you matters more than his? The word made flesh. Who is your shepherd? This text says, the Lord is my shepherd. Imagine all the names that the Bible gives for God. Wonderful names that the Bible uses to describe what God is like. He's a provider. He's a refuge. He's a rock. He's a fortress. 
He's our strength. He's our righteousness. He is our righteous judge. Over and over again, we hear these strong and powerful names for God and how wonderful they are indeed. But what name is as gentle and as sweet as this one? That the Lord is our shepherd. He's a shepherd. And doesn't this mark or make distinct Christianity from any other religion on the face of the earth? That the God, the King of Kings, the first cause, the origin of everything living, visible and invisible, the one with unlimited power and knowledge, that if he so chose, could cease any of us, uh, end any of our existence in a moment, in a thought. This great divine power, the only God, the only king of all things, he says, is our shepherd. Not just a shepherd, my shepherd. Not someone else's, but when we come to him by faith, he offers anyone through repentant faith to be our shepherd, mine the one who watches after me, my big brother, my father, my shepherd. He is the one that will feed me. He is the one that will protect me. He is the one that will preserve me and care for me and comfort me and strengthen me. And because in John chapter 10, he's not just a shepherd, but he's the good shepherd. He will do his job to care for us. He is not sleeping. He hasn't forgotten you. When tragedy strikes, he's not off somewhere with his friends and has forgotten to protect. COVID-19 doesn't change this. Sickness in your life or maybe even death that you've gone through, whatever it might be, the death of a marriage, the death of a friend or the death of, of a lover. You see, friends, this changes nothing. He is the good shepherd. And if the Lord is our shepherd, can it be clear, this imagery, that his people are his sheep? That imagery is so simple, friend. If the Lord is our shepherd, it means that to be part of him, that we must come to him as sheep, not as shepherds. We must recognize that we are not greater than him and that we cannot live independently of him, that we're absolutely dependent on him as a sheep is with their shepherd. God is the God of creation. We need a creator. We can't live independently of him who both provides us life and sustains sustains life for us. Without him, we have no life. So like sheep, without a shepherd, we we die quickly. Friends, sheep are too, I don't know if you've ever met a sheep, but they're too constantly surrounded by way too many sorts of danger. If they're out of the fence and on their own, there's nine or ten things that could kill them in a second. It's as as if that without a good shepherd, sheep must die. There is no other option unless they have a good shepherd. And such it is true with you, friends, should you not know God and be outside of his care. Oh, we might be able to make it for a little while, for a season. But without the good shepherd, we are doomed. Our days are numbered. Our lot is cast. We can't feed ourselves. 
We can't govern ourselves. We can't direct ourselves. You might think, well, I've done an okay job at that so far, but just for a little while. Because without the giver of life, it is just but a vapor. It is temporary. There is no hope if you deny the giver of life's voice, the good shepherd's call. You know, but sheep also have these traits, which I think are probably pretty good at times. They, once they have a shepherd, they stay near him. They know his voice. They follow him around. They trust him. And when a sheep is under the care of a shepherd, they tend to be less afraid. They know that the shepherd is caring for them. Oh, friend, if you're under the shepherding of the Lord Jesus Christ, you have a good inheritance. Imagine what is yours by birthright. The lot in Psalm chapter 16 has fallen for you in pleasant places. And to be at, at the right hand of the shepherd king is pleasure forevermore. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Oh, and friends, if you should wander off, which is kind of typical of us sheep from time to time, we forget how good the shepherd is. We get a little selfish and stingy and angry and bitter. So we start doing our own things and we start to wander off. But you know what's so wonderful about the good shepherd? Once we're his sheep, no one can pluck us out of his hand. We can't wander out of it. He comes after us in Luke chapter 15 and he brings us back to where we should be. How can we think that our voice or the voice of any other daughter or son of Adam is what we need? When we're born in sin in Psalm chapter 51, when we can't find the right path in Isaiah 53, when there is none that does good, not even one in Psalm chapter 14 in Romans chapter 3, how is it that we think that our voice is the one that's going to lead us to life? It can't. We know it can't. So we must, like sheep, depend on the grace and care of God for everything. Without him, we perish. Oh, and let's not forget what we've said already. The Lord is my shepherd, yes, but Jesus is Lord. Jesus Christ is the shepherd, the good shepherd, the king shepherd of Psalm chapter 23, the resurrected Christ who conquered death and had victory over every form of suffering that we will ever face and give us ultimately ultimate victory ourselves. That's the proof. That Lord is our shepherd, so we shall not want. The words that he speaks to us are the words of the gospel, the good news, the voice that we hear that is our life is the good news of Jesus Christ. Jesus is the only one called good. He is the one that laid his life down for the sheep. He is the gate in John chapter 10, leading the sheep in and out of pasture, out of life. In and out, he leads us to life, life-sustaining power, preserves us, gives us peach, peace, eternal life restored through him and for him. That call is the gospel. His voice that is so sweet to us is that sinners are forgiven and brought back to his care. He has made a way for all of us who are walking famished and in the path of death to a new way. 
And now, only the shadow of death can touch us. All the fake voices, the counterfeit ones, oh, they can't save you. These are silenced under the mighty voice of the shepherd king who says, repent, believe, and be saved. Come to me, you who are burdened, pressed down, and I will carry you. I'll put you on my shoulders and give you rest. The good shepherd has saved you if you know him by faith, and if you don't, he offers to save you. Save you from the law, from all the different ways we know we've been disobedient, fallen short. Saves us from our sin. Saves us from the death, which is the penalty of sin, separation from God. Saves us from the power of our own flesh, and even saves us from Satan himself and his corrupt influence. Jesus Christ is the victory. Jesus is the king, the shepherd king that cares for us. And he wins every time because he rose from the dead and he was given all authority in Ephesians chapter 2. And his reward in his death and resurrection to you and I, he does these things and we get a prize. And you know what that prize is? Forgiveness, comfort, strength, help, and life. When we simply come to him and trust him for it, receive it with open hands. Oh, if you know him like this already, if you're part of his sheepfold, how sweet is the sound to your ears, friend. How pleasant is his voice. And if you don't know Jesus, what's keeping you? What's better than this? Come to him. The good shepherd, the shepherd king. And you know what else? And I've already sort of hinted at this a little bit. How patient the good shepherd is with his little flock. Because how often we forget that he's there caring for us. And we're tyrannized by fear because of things that happen around us or maybe are suffering because of the losses that have occurred in our lives. You know, some sheep aren't as strong as others. Some Christians don't have have as much faith as other Christians. But even the ones that wander, the good shepherd seeks them out and brings them back in Ezekiel chapter 34. He seeks the lost, he strengthens the weak, and he carries the young, the babies, the ewe lambs that are just born. He gathers them in his his arms in Isaiah chapter 40 verse 11, and he puts them on his shoulders and carries them. Oh, friends, do you need to be carried by the Lord, by the good shepherd? Do you need to be placed on his strong shoulders right now? Who's carrying you? Is it Netflix? Is it sleeping in? What's saving you from the tyranny of fear in your own heart? Oh, none of these, Netflix and sleeping in and all of our phony phony helps cannot support the weight of our soul. They crush quickly. They have a weak structure. They don't work. Oh, friends, the only strong structure that can bear up the weight of our soul is the Lord Jesus Christ, the shepherd king. So rest on his shoulders. Drink his word. Hear it preached. Meditate on it day and night. And you'll be like a tree that doesn't dry up, that's strong, 
so that when drought hits and there's no rain, our roots go deep and we drink up the word of God and we survive. Do you think that your goodness is going to be a good shepherd to you? You're being strong-willed enough to do the right thing in all moments. Do you think that that's going to be your guiding light, your protection? That's the lie of religion, friends. If we could shepherd ourselves, there was and is no need for Jesus. There was no need for his death. There was no need for his resurrection. If we could make it on our own, if we could shepherd ourselves, if we could survive, there's no need for him. We need him as Christians to continually guide us. The shepherd king needs to be the one always to rescue us from the wolf, even after we've believed. So why do we Christians think, when we know this, that we can return to weak and counterfeit shepherds like good works or heroes or whatever it might be? We need his voice after his call just as much as we did before it. We're just as dependent on his power and salvation before we were saved, after we're saved, as as much as we were before we were saved. He continues to be the one, even if you're a Christian already, he continues to be your shepherd, and he continues to be the one that seeks you and fights for you and rescues you, and keeps you from perishing, from from facing your giants for you. John chapter 10, verse 28, we are in his mighty hand, and no one can snatch us out of it. doesn't say we're in our own hand, does it? The Lord is our shepherd. And friends, we as Christians can do nothing but hear his voice and be the objects of his superabounding grace and his gift in Jesus Christ. He needs to save us. And because of this, as sheep of the good shepherd, we shall not want. Interesting. We shall not want. It's not to say that we never go without anything in life. It's not to say that we're never want of anything. It seems to say that, or we shall not want. Does that mean we'll always have food and money in our pockets and everything's going to go good for us. We'll never die of some kind of disease. We'll always be protected. It's not what it's saying. It's not saying that we'll never lack material goods or that we'll never experience loss or grief. It is to say that everything that our soul needs to thrive, it has in Jesus Christ as he speaks his word to us. That the sheep of the shepherd king are endowed promised, pledged everything that belongs to him. So he gives us his word, he gives us his spirit, and will follow through. He's gentle with us, he provides for us, he leads us, and he will complete our salvation. And everything we lose in this life, we will get back all the more in the next. He says... I give them eternal life, and they will never perish. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. In Christ, you don't perish and never will. Now, but we do perish. 
right? I give them eternal life and they will never perish. What does that mean? Everybody dies. Of course we still perish, right? But death for the Christian is temporary. The Bible calls it in Psalm 23, a shadow. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. How many people would prefer to get hit by the shadow of a bus over the bus? You see, friends, when we die, when a Christian dies, the shadow of death hits them because it's a bee without a stinger. Our bodies will resurrect from the dead when the Lord Jesus Christ returns and our souls ever live to be with him even at our death. You see, friends, he gives them eternal life and we will never perish. We have, according to Christ, this moment, by faith in Jesus, something that we can never lose and we have, at this very moment, eternal life. I give them eternal life and they will never perish. So when any death touches you, it's a shadow. The death of a relationship, the death of a loved one, the death of your health, and even the death of your body, it's a shadow. Because everything that you wanted from those things in this life is given back to you in Jesus Christ in the next. So the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Oh, I know that at times it doesn't feel like this, friend. But how you feel does not determine your lot. How you feel is not what is true. What God's word says is true. And it says this. I give them eternal life and they will always have it because it's in my hand being kept for them under the care of the shepherd king. He'll fight for you and he'll win. Friends, try to silence the other voices and hear the voice of the shepherd king. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning to hear this precious word. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. How wonderful it is to be under the grace of Christ, to be given ears to hear that you care for us in this way. Oh God, we pray this morning that whoever's listening, if you're a Christian friend and you're listening, I pray for you now, God, would you touch their lives? Would you heal their disease? God, first, before, if that's a bodily disease, we want that healed too. But God, we pray, Lord, that sometimes the sickness that remains in us, the for forgetfulness and the lack of faith, would you just br gently breathe on those embers and remind us of who you are, that you are our shepherd, and that you're always leading us so that we don't need to be afraid. We always have everything that we need. It will never be taken from us. So God, help us to remember that everything that we think we need and everything that we're worried about losing or not having, I pray remind us of what you're going to do for us and what you've promised us and what, ha what you have done 
for us already. God, I pray, Lord, that you would bless us with those cries of our heart and concerns as we care for those around us. Heal our children. Provide for our needs. Help us to trust you. And God, even if we lack material resources, give us joy and faith. And God, if there's anyone listening this morning that doesn't know you yet, God, I pray, Lord, that they would come to repentant faith in Jesus Christ, that they would trade ownership from a man-shepherd to the shepherd king, to the one whose life, whose word cannot fail and whose life never ends. Friend, come to him. Cry out to him right now. God, save me. I'm a sinner. I have not known you. I've rejected you. I've sinned against you. I've been without you in darkness. And Jesus Christ died in my place so that I might have life and rise again with him. I trust you for that. Oh, and friend, if that's you, you have eternal life and you will never perish. God, we thank you that you are indeed our shepherd, our Lord, the Lord Jesus Christ, and because of which we shall not want. In Jesus' name, amen.